How you guys doing? Great. Awesome. Coming off uh, the fasting and prayer this week, it was great to start the new year. Um, my body didn't like it because I love to eat. And so does my wife. My wife went to Costco, bought a case of can of the canned cappuccino <laughs> to, as part of the fast. So, but it was great. And I think um, this past fasting was really great. I felt God speak to me in several areas of my life and for this coming year. So it was worth it, even though, and I did lose a couple pounds, so that was great. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and I just want to say thank you to the uh, prayer shield team for over our life, uh, tilling in our life, and then those have been, that have been praying. I just appreciate it this past year because I know that you were praying, so that kept me going during the year. So thank you so much. And then uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Shalise because this uh, sermon and sermon notes, there were a lot of revisions between me and Pastor, and we had to continue listening to her. So I just want to say thank you. She does a great job in that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Shalise. She's quiet, but there's a saying, quiet but effective, right? That's her. She's awesome. Okay, this, let's pray. Um, yeah, let's pray as we get into the Word. So, Lord, we just thank you that we can come before you, just before heaven and your throne, and I believe that you're here in the midst of us. And, Lord, we open up our hearts and that you would come and deposit your life into us this day, that we would be touched and refreshed in your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message is The Word Feeds Our Spirit, and we can all read the scripture together, John chapter 6, 57 and 58, and we can read it together. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and that are dead, but he who eats this bread will live forever. You know, sometimes God tells us things that we really don't understand, but by faith we take it. And, you know, like Pastor John, he, he's giving up his uh, salary uh, to the church and vol sort of like volunteering, not really, but <laughs> he's, and I asked him, are you sure that God told you to give it up? And he told me, yeah, God told me. I mean, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's. So I know that God will take care of Pastor Jonathan and his family. He has four kids, so God will take care of him during this year, and he has been. But have you ever heard the saying that you are what you eat? Isn't, isn't that true? I mean, when you think about it, that what we eat is like affects our life. It can be positive, and it can be negative. And I remember when I started on my um, salad diet, Ugh. because of my health condition, I, I totally changed my uh, lifestyle in eating for lunch and breakfast. Dinner, I kind of falling by the waistline a little, but for breakfast and lunch, and for lunch, I, I would eat salads because um, of my health, and I, and I lost 30 pounds because of that. Yeah, so, but one day I was really sick, and I had a fever, and I was thinking, oh, no, what did I get? Did I get the COVID? Or what? And it wasn't the COVID, 
But then I backtracked, and Pastor told me to backtrack what, what happened to you. And I remember eating a salad, and it had a slimy cucumber. <laughs> and that slimy cucumber made me sick. And I was like, ah, now I know. Don't ever eat a salad with a slimy cucumber. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, was I was eating salad with uh, tuna. Every day, salad, tuna, vegetables, tuna. Ah. And then pastor told me, hey, you should get your body tested for all the nutrients in your body. So I did. And then when the results came back, my mercury in my body was sky high from the tuna cans eating from the tuna cans, and the person who um, reviewed the analysis and told me that was the, it's been so long that he's seen these results of a person with the mercury off the charts. So thank God, and I believe it was God telling me that, hey, watch what you eat, even though it might be good, think it's good, but it's not. So food that we eat contributes to our health, and people have reversed their health because of eating well combined with physical exercise and even like what we drink I don't know if you know this too I remember Pastor and I was at uh, 11 well and he said oh you try this bulletproof coffee that I, I drink and coffee and I don't get along because it raises my blood pressure but anyway I tasted it tried it and that was I don't know 10 11 o'clock in the morning I couldn't sleep the whole night <laughs> I was buzzed. <laughs> and I was thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> then I, I look back and I think, oh, yeah, it's something I drank. Oh, no. What we drink affects us. And what we eat affects us. What we put into our bodies affects us. I was training for the marathon years ago. Uh, I did it once and I trained for it. And then in my training, I had the, I didn't think I had the energy bottles. Okay, so I was running. I was running several, over 10 miles because I was coming and I told myself, okay, on the last mile, I'm going to drink the energy drink and I'm going to finish the race. So I drank it. I started running. Then all of a sudden, I felt, oh, I feel funny now. As soon as I stopped, everything came out of my stomach. I mean, I was barfing. Whatever was in my stomach Cars were passing by me, and I was like, I'll, I'll never do that again. Uh, but whatever we drink, eat, it affects us. We eat junk food, our body will be a junk body. And so in the natural, the spiritual part, it affects our body, our physical body, and spiritual body that we have. But one source of health, I know that what affects our spiritual body is Jesus. He's the source of life, and we need to learn to eat of him and his word. And so the first point is, is feeding on Jesus gives life. John 6, 51 says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus was saying that he was the bread of heaven, the bread of life. 
And he referred to back to the Old Testament as a picture of the natural. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness and was wanting that they were dependent on that kept them alive in the wilderness. What was it? It was the manna, the bread of heaven coming down. And it sustained them for 40 years. Can you imagine that? 40 years in the desert. It was something precious to them to live through that. And the word of God, Jesus was saying, I am the bread of life that gives life to us. God's word gives us life. It sustains our soul. Jesus is the word. And that is why that, uh, the church has been encouraging people to do soaps, getting into the word and meditating on it. And so if you never did a soap, then you can go on the ch- church's website and it will tell you how to do one. Soap is S for scripture. O for observation, A for application, and P for prayer. And during this time as uh, we were doing this week, and I was, they said to read uh, the book of John for the devotional. And I was reading through it, and the story of the Samaritan woman at the well really stuck out to me. Because there were two thoughts that in the soap that I, I had done. Well, I didn't do it, but I taught it through was that the first part was the woman, um, Jesus told her to go and call your husband. And her response was, I didn't have any husband. And Jesus rightly said, that's right, you had five husbands, and the one you're living with is not your husband. He exposed the sin in her life. And her response was, you're a prophet. And usually prophets do that. When you read through the Old Testament and their ministry was, first thing, I'm going to point out all the faults in your life. And that's what Jesus did. But the cool thing of all of this, when I was reading it and I felt like the Lord put on my heart as I was doing it, was that Jesus stopped there. He didn't condemn her in any single way about her life. His love went over her sins. And I think when we look at our life too, that's how God sees us. Even though we sin, he won't condemn us because he took the punishment of sin on the cross. Because he loves us. And I was like, wow, that was so touching. I was so touched by it. And then the other thing I got of it was that the disciples, they went off to the city to get something. And he sent them off and he was there one-to-one with her and I was thinking if the disciples were there with him when he was having a conversation with the women what would have happened there were going to be other voices speaking into the situation like how can you talk to her you shouldn't be talking to her that's not custom for us she's a Samaritan woman look at all her sins Jesus had to silence the voices or get rid of those voices that would have come upon her life instead of hearing her. And I think through the fasting time in prayer, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff that not listen to all the junk on TV, the internet, uh, reading uh, all the news. All those things had to get out. And that made me hear Jesus clearer. In my life. 
And I thought, wow, that was so cool. And so I got things um, in this week of fasting and prayer that I never did before. So one of them this year, I felt like God said, okay, take scripture. So I took two scriptures that I felt was on my heart for this coming year. And I wrote it, I wrote it down. Those are going to be my two scriptures at the start of the year that I'm going to believe God for the coming year in my life. So I did that. I wrote two scriptures down. And it was, it was scriptures of prosperity <laughs> and goodness. And so I did that. And then after that, I felt like God said to write a prayer out for this year for your life. So what I did was I started to write a prayer out to God. And this was the prayer that I'm going to pray to God during this year for my life. And I never did do that. But it happened during this fasting and prayer time that I got rid of all some things in my life that I felt like I didn't want to hear, all the negative things. And as we put those things away, God's voice comes clearer to our life. And Jesus and the woman at the well, it was a clear voice to her. And in that, she got a revelation that Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah. Wow. In spite of her sin, his love, and he revealed him to her. He went through everything through her life. Wow. We know this, that... Uh, Eating his word changes and equips us to do his will. For scripture says in John 6, 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And John 4, 34, Jesus said, to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Eating, receiving his word in our life will change us and will equip us to do the will, his will, his kingdom in our life. And as you, I know one thing that, one thing about um, God's word, if you get into it, he'll, He'll use your gifts and talents that's in you. He'll show you those things that you get into his word that you can advance his kingdom. I know my friend, pastor friend, Sidney, uh, he had passed away this past year. And in his funeral, they had this scripture, Acts 26, 19. He says, so then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. First to those in Damascus and Jerusalem, then to everyone in the region of Judea, then to the Gentiles. I declared that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds worthy of the repentance. Pastor Sid was, when he came, before he came to know the Lord, he was in gangs, he did drugs, and God radically saved him. He had a vision of heaven when he got saved. He seen Jesus on the cross, and he seen a vision of heaven, and I think was hell too of his friends. Because of what God did, he, he became a minister to that. And what he left behind was he left his family, his legacy of his family in the gospel. And so all his children, he has two daughters and one son. 
And but all of them are in the ministry. And he raised them up to love God and serve God in every way. And that really touched me that he left something behind eternal from this life. And it was in him. And I believe that every one of us has something in us that God wants to do on this earth. Get into the word. He's going to show you. He's going to tell you what to do in life. Sid, Sid, he will always call me. You know, every week, almost every week he would call me. He was like my pastor, uh, discipled him. And then when I was in Honolulu, he discipled me. And he would call me every week and see how I was doing. And um, he would always talk to me about uh, investing, like in silver, you know, silver. Every time we would uh, pray, he would pray for me. And that he would always tell me at the end, don't forget to buy your silver. <laughs> Don't forget to buy your silver. <laughs> but now he, he's in heaven where there's nothing but gold. And I remember going to the service, uh, the, the funeral service, and then so the next, I think it was the next day, was their church. So we decided to go to their church service. And when we went to the church service, you could sense the presence of God in the service like Never before. I mean, first time I went, and I just felt, I thought it would be a downer and discouraging. But there, I could sense the presence of God there. And there was Pastor Nancy was there, visited too. And then during worship time, we worshiped the Lord. And then after a worship, uh, Pastor Nancy, one of the pastors that's, that um, Pastor Sid and Gail was part, uh, knew very well. She, she came and she said, you know what? As we're worshiping the Lord, I had an open vision of heaven. The heavens opened, and I seen Pastor Sid looking down with his mom and dad, looking down at this place. And I thought, wow, eternally. And he must be really smiling in heaven, looking down at his children that is preaching. They rotate preaching every week with the, with the wife, with Sid's wife, and the kids rotate preaching. They lead worship. And I was thinking, wow, he left something behind with his life. And that's why I believe every one of us has something to give in this life that we will leave behind. When part of it is getting into the word, getting into Jesus, because Jesus is our source of life. He's the one that will give us not only eternal life, but abundant life in this place. The word of God is so true and it's healthy for our life. And every, I know that I share this, that there's a scripture. I don't know if all of you have this, but there's certain scriptures in the Bible that God speaks to you that's part, becomes so part of your life that you always look back at it when things go difficult. And for me, there's that scripture of Isaiah 40, 31, uh, in the day they wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so when I became a Christian, that was one of the scriptures that God had put on my heart. And so when things get tough and rough, <laughs> it seems like always that scripture comes back to me that how I need to wait on God. And I remember a time of a, there was a prophetic time and then they prayed over me. And then when they prayed over me, they began to pray 
Over my life, Isaiah 40, 31. And I was thinking, God put scriptures, his word in us, in our life, that we can live by and hang on to and believe for whenever we go through. Because Jesus is our source of life. And so we become healthy in life by taking in Jesus, his word, into us. And that way we'll be able to find what God wants us to do in life. So, but wait, what the, there's more <laughs> about feeding on Jesus. And Pastor Eddie is going to come up and finish us up, up with the following. Amen. Let's welcome Pastor as he comes. Let's thank Pastor Lance. That was a great word. Um, you know, it's really interesting that the way that we live our lives is, uh, I call it a hybrid. You know, we, we have our spiritual life, and we also have our physical life. And sometimes we emphasize one more than the other, depending on what, what it is God's dealing with us about. But we need both. You know, we need our physical life and our spiritual life. We need to make sure that we're healthy in both. And um, sometimes what happens is that we get off balance or we go to one extreme more than the other. Um, and what communion is, if you don't, we're going to partake of communion with, with uh, these final thoughts. <clears throat> so if you don't have uh, your elements, just raise your hand and the ushers will come and uh, give that to you. But what, what is really interesting about the communion table is that Jesus was ready to perform the highest uh, greatest act ever to be performed in history in his day as he went to the cross. And it was a spirit, it, it was something so powerfully uh, impacting for all of eternity that as he died, all the sins of the world, all the sickness of the world was, was poured into his, his life. All the judgment that we were supposed to experience spiritually so that once it was done, there was a way open into heaven. All the Old Testament saints could, could be allowed into heaven for the first time. <clears throat> but when he left us with what was a recollection of what he was to do, he passed out this, this table. He said, take bread, take cup, take something that's physical. And I want to connect that and couple that with what is spiritual. And he is taking two things, putting it together so that we can see that our lives are not just physical alone. Because a lot of times, that's all we do. We just focus in on our physical life. And that is not our life because one day that's going to pass away. And our lives are not just spiritual either because we know that we live in a body that has to be t taken care of. And so we need, we need both. And it needs to be balanced really well. I was just thinking about this. Um, I don't explain this. This Meyer lemon, was I, I didn't understand about Meyer lemons. We have this in our, in our backyard. So I went and researched it. You know what this Meyer lemon is? This Meyer lemon is a combination of regular lemon. It's a sweet lemon. It's a combination of kind of like a mandarin orange with lemon, and it's hybrid together. So that when you're taking this lemon, it's really sweet. You know, so it's and it's expensive. <laughs> I thought it was three dollars a pound. It's actually two dollars per lemon right now. I, you know, I've got about thirty of them. You can take as many as you want to save some for others. <clears throat> um, but that's what the table of the Lord is. The table of the Lord 
is a hybridization of the physical and the spiritual bound together. And last week in my devotion in our communion time, uh, I, I made this comment, not realizing what Pastor John was going to talk about. I just made this comment that I feel like this year that God is going to do more this year than he did in all the blessings he's provided from the, the previous year. That there's, and the word that stuck out to me was the word abundance. Everybody say abundance. Abundance. That God wants to do abundantly. <clears throat> and the image that I had in my mind was what we're going over right now. <laughs> it was John chapter 6. And, and look at this. This is partaking of his body and his blood that gives life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And my flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. I don't think the people understood what he was saying. You know, they looked at this guy as a crazy prophet that's speaking this weird stuff about eat my flesh. That's cannibalism, right? Drink my blood. What are you talking about? And, and at the tail end of this chapter, the disciples leave. It says many of the disciples who were following Jesus, they looked at him and he said, they said, we're not going to follow this wacky prophet. And Jesus looks at Peter and the disciples and said, you're going to leave too? I mean, you can leave. And they said, who else can we go that has the words of eternal life? You know, what happened in their lives? I believe that they saw through what was taking place in that chapter because Jesus took five loaves, two fishes from a little boy, and there was a hungry multitude of thousands, 10, 15, maybe 20,000 people that hadn't eaten their meal all day long, and he took that five loaves and two fishes and then distributed it out, and every time they'd break the bread, another loaf would be created, and it was nonstop. It just kept multiplying. You know, they, people were watching this happen. The disciples knew because they were the ones distributing it all. And after all these thousands were fed, you thought, well, that's enough. But, you know, Jesus, is a, he provides more than just enough. He provides an abundance. And after it was all over, there was 12 basketfuls left over. <clears throat> so they picked up all the fragments and put it in basket, and they were surprised. You know, so out of this five loaves and two, what was Jesus trying to say? Jesus was trying to say, <clears throat> I am more than a human being. Five loaves and two fishes is more than five loaves and two fishes in, your, in my hands. And I can provide abundance and multiplication anytime it's needed. And God is the one who designs when that's going to happen in, in, in all of our lives. So, uh, this is a really interesting thing. A uh, few, few weeks ago, we have this tree in the backyard, and my wife looks out, and we've taken quite a bit of the lemon already uh, from the tree. And she looks out, and she says, there's uh, eight lemons still left. You've got to go and pick it, or else it's going to fall on the ground and die. So, I go back there with the fruit picker, and I'm picking and picking and picking and picking. It fills the bag outside in the, the lobby <laughs> with 32 lemons. And all she saw was eight. Because there's, 
there's lemons hidden behind the branches and the leaves and the tree, you know, but you can't see. I believe in all of our lives, what we see physically is not what God intends to give to us. They're, they're hidden blessings that are going to come uh, into our lives this year. And so the Lord wants us to be aware of that. Uh, years ago, uh, I was listening to this pastor, and I thought he was, <clears throat> he was just a kind of showman, you know. But he, was, he, he had an amazing gift from God. And this is what he said. This is Robert Schuler. He says, anyone can count the seed in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. And, you know, you can do that. You can cut an apple in half and count the seeds, right? But you take the seed and you plant it. It's going to grow an apple plant and an apple fruits, many of them. And the fruits can be picked, and you can cut those and take the seeds and plant another, tr another plant. And a farmer could do that and have a whole orchard grown out of one seed. I mean, that, that is phenomenal. That, that is God's principle, a universal law of multiplication that operates in this world. And I believe that's what's going to happen. That's what God wants to do. And he will do it supernaturally. He'll guide us to see it happen. Um, I, I so appreciate our seniors group that I've got this platform to share stuff. And I've learned all kinds of things about my body, uh, health, uh, the needs for nutrition. Uh, I've gotten insights into scriptures I have never had before. I, I like giving overviews of, of, of a whole book of the Bible. You know, So in one session, I can teach you the whole book of Genesis. We have been in Genesis for five years. <laughs> I've never known what it is. It's a, a little seed that just multiplies when, when you just take a look at one verse. So this is, when I take a look at last year, and I think this, you need to do this for yourself. Look at back at last year. What has been God's blessing for you? And expect that this year will be a multiplication of that, whatever that means. <clears throat> um, so... One of them is in the Bible for me, the insights that God has given me from the Bible. And I, I'm, sho I'm shocked at it, totally shocked. Genesis chapter 47, we stayed in there for six weeks, just uh, 12 verses for six weeks. And out of the famine, the seven-year famine in Egypt, I was shocked at what I learned because I thought it's going to just take one week to go through this. We, this is what it taught us. It taught us about this pandemic. It taught us about the control of religion. It taught us about government control. This is all out of this passage. Inflation, the rise of a one-world power, farmland control, safety versus freedom, failure of our currency, population migration, business failure, a wealthy special class that will rise in the final day. And I'm reading through an Old Testament scripture that's telling me everything that's happening today. And I'm shocked. I'm looking at this. And I say, I cannot believe what I see in the Bible. Because what happened in the beginning is going to take place in the final end. 
And I believe God wants to do that repeatedly through this year. As we get into the scriptures, he wants to teach us and enlighten us. The other thing that was a major thing for me was understanding, breaking the myth that when you get older, you get frail. And that's accepted. You know, if once you get to be 65, just get, expect to be put on the side and not be fruitful anymore. Let the young generation take over. And what cuts through that are people who are in their 90s that are still functioning as heads of corporations. And uh, I believe, and th this, is, this is what's happened this past year, <clears throat> this uh, one book, Strong Path, changed my mind. I thought that uh, I'd have to prepare for being, for taking care of ourselves in a nursing home one day. Because that's, that's the pathway you go in, right? You know, you get older, and then one day you're going you're gonna to end up in a nursing home. So make sure you have long-term care insurance provided for yourself. And I was kind of afraid of that. You know, so we had put money aside for that. And I realized it does not have to happen. And this book, Strong Path, written by a guy who's 87 years old and skiing the back black slopes of uh, Colorado uh, Vale with his granddaughters who are ski champions, and he is stronger at 87 than he was at 55. And I thought, I cannot believe this, that this is, and he's got all, in this, he's got it all documented in all the, the sports medicine field, the research at the universities, what has been happening, and nobody knows about it. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. So I took an experiment on my body for one year. And I started with bands and graduated to weights. Uh, Pastor John's remodeling his house, so he allowed me to move his whole weight set over to my garage. And my, we are headed for communion. <clears throat> I, when I was in my 40s, I lifted weights a lot, and I started when I was a teenager. But I, <clears throat> I was lifting, you know, 200 pound squats and bench presses, and <clears throat> I thought, when I get older, I know I'm going to get weaker, but I saw, I saw guys who were older, and they were bench pressing 135 pounds uh, at the gym, and I said, I, that's what I want to do. When I get to be 65, I want to be able to bench press 135 pounds, you know, and a year ago, I, I could bench press 65 pounds, you know, 85 pounds. And I had a bad shoulder, joint problems, all kinds of things. And I had to work, work on it. And I found that over the course of the year, as I was watching my, and these are the books that helped me. Dead Doctors Don't Lie, Strong Path, and then just recently, Built from Broken. You don't have to, ha you don't have, to have joint pains and be old. <clears throat> this past week, for the first time, I took 135 pounds and bench pressed it 12 or 15 times. I forget how many times, you know. So I believe that when you get older, you can get stronger. So I'm going to be stronger next year, this year, than I was last year. And you can, you can develop strength over time if you consistently discipline yourself to do it. So I, I believe whatever it is that the Lord wants to do in your life, 
what He's done in the past, He's going to do for you. We're going to partake of the table this morning. I want you to say thank you to the Lord for what He's done in your life this past year. But look at this year at the overflowing abundance that God promises and realize that in the context of the overflowing abundance from the five loaves and two fishes, 12 baskets full were left over. God is saying, that's what I want to do in your life. I give you this bread. I give you this cup. Eat my bread. Drink my blood. And it will give you life. Abundant life. Overflowing abundance in your life. Father, we just believe you that that's exactly what you will do in every single one of us in our lives. As you picture it in the life of Jesus and display to us through this passage the amazing abundance that's available that we can't even see with our eyes. So we pray that you would bless this bread and bless this cup this morning. Thank you for the goodness of your hand this past year in each one of our lives. We thank you for the promise of what you are going to do this year in every single one of our lives because of what you did on the cross because of the price you paid, the body you broke, and the blood you shed. Go ahead and partake of the bread and the cup. Lord, we love you and thank you. Embrace your promises for each of us. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand together? Let's stand.